Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. retreats at our retreats is the enemy <laughs> he just, he just takes off so and some of you guys who were even there you didn't even hear what happened today but so let me just share what happened on this one because this is an adventure in god moment and so i never know what's going to happen and when i say that i sincerely mean i don't know what's going to happen if i think i know what's going to happen that almost never happens so um holy spirit plans these out he brings the right people together and so at this one is, is kind of interesting as someone who, who, you know, it's fun to flow with the Holy Spirit, but it is still really interesting to have no idea what you're going to do. It's not like beauty flashes. We do one thing. We, we preach everything. We teach all kinds of things. We minister all different ways. And so you never know, Lord, what are we going to do? And so this one was kind of neat because, well, they're all neat, but this one started out well, we had dinner, we fellowship, you get to know people. Do you know, and I think it's in second Peter where it says, um, where it says add to your faith and it says add to your faith and it tells the different things you add to your faith, you know, virtue, godliness, all these things, per perseverance. But towards the very end of what is God adding to your faith is um, brotherly love. And brotherly love comes when we actually get to know people and we get to understand what they've been through and how much God loves them. And we see people the way God sees them and not the way the devil wants us to see them or not the way uh, their flaws or their hurt places show or even their great places or whatever. It's seeing people the way God sees people. And I will say the fellowship at this, at our church, because it's a pretty small church and we have groups and all, we really have that. Like when we go all, we all go to eat, it's all different ages, different races. Um, it's all ladies because I only do women's retreats sometimes. Once um, we'll have a few men's retreat with the men going, not me. It is amazing when you sit there and even watch over the years. People are really, friendly. you don't sit there and think, oh, I want to sit over here with the young people. I'm going to sit over here. With it's really amazing. It's really amazing. And the Lord just showed me that's that part in add to your faith. And so it's part of true Christian process that the Holy Spirit brings us through. So that's why quit isolating for those who watch all these, but you don't come to church anymore and you don't participate in any small group meetings. Or you are not adding to your faith, you know, the things you need to, to be that mature believer that God wants you to be. Because when you really get in a small group atmosphere and you really open up and share and hear things, You'll find out if the people know the Lord, and I know this has been abused in churches, but here where the Holy Spirit really has shown us how to teach people and, and how to get things out of our own hearts, you really do open up and care about people. And so part of that growing in brotherly love is really hearing people. And I know when people go on these retreats, or Janelle said last time, I was probably shouldn't say names, but, and I could tell this time the Lord was doing the same thing. People get to know like Karen and myself as people, and it's not that I'm a different person 
I'm not a different person anywhere, just so you know. I'm an, I, I kind of stay hanging out with God in the anointing. But in that, it's a full life. And so these are, you know, you're not, and the devil tries to make people think um, wrong things about people, especially people God's called to pour into your life so that you'll be afraid, so that you, you know, stand back and that kind of thing. And so God's busting that. That's part of what's going to be happening in this new move of God of, of restoring apostolic, true apostolic ministry. And so anyway, so the first night when we finally finished eating fellowshipping and we were there and I have no idea what we're doing and it was so cool. And I just, we were listening to worship music and I, I saw the Lord dancing specifically with one person that was there. And it's one person who, who's gone through a lot and really has had a horrific life when it comes to relationships with men and intimacy. And because they were abused from very young age through every relationship they've ever been in, they've never really been in anywhere close to a godly, healthy relationship um, in the way of a, of a husband or even a boyfriend or a father or any, anything, you know, that's godly. And so that really hurts people. And the more perverted um, or abusive those relationships are, the more damage people get. So anyway, so this person had been through a lot of that kind of damage. And, um, and they've had a lot of teaching, so they knew, you know, they get free from condemnation and different things. But I would ask the Lord, like, why is it that so many people who've been so hurt don't really see you um, in the spirit and they don't really hear you and walk with you, you know, because that's not something that's supposed to be when you're 50 years old in the Lord. There's people who are really new in the Lord who move right into that because they're so open to it. And I'm not talking delusion. I'm talking the real thing of, of it being the Lord revealing himself. So as I was watching the Lord in the spirit dance with this person, and I just saw that was his heart. He was showing me my heart tonight is to dance with these ladies out here. I want them to see me as their friend. I want them to see me as someone who wants to enjoy um, being with them. And the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So if the enemy wants to make sure you don't get the desires of your heart, he's going to make sure you never, you are so wounded, you'll never delight yourself in the Lord. And so that, you know, so the first evening, um, instead of getting righteous, somebody needs deliverance or, or let's just do this. And um, the Lord, I, I just saw the Lord showing me, I want I want the ladies here to delight themselves in me tonight. And so it was really cool. There was a really awesome anointing that came. And everyone there had some experience with the Lord. It could have been different for different ones. One just was talking to the Lord and he was showing her things during that time because she was sharing how she dances all the time. She gets in the spirit and dances at home. And, and so the Lord did something, you know, different with her. And then, um, but everybody else had different, some people saw the Lord waltzing with them, like old-fashioned waltz, and some people, so it was really neat. And you could tell when they spoke about what God had just done, it wasn't conjured up. It was um, Holy Spirit using the secret place, which is really our imaginations. That's why he says, cast down all imaginations that don't line up with him, his word, and the truth about who he is. And that's why the enemy loves to get into our imaginations and bring perversion. Everything of pornography, everything of of horror movies, everything of crime scenes, all of that is the enemy invading the secret place 
of your imagination and putting filthy, horrible, scary images there. So we need to break the power of that. Also conjuring. When you go somewhere and they try to make you see something that you're not seeing and you're not ready to see it and you're hurt and all of a sudden they're telling you you're in heaven and you know, if I open my eyes, I'm not in heaven. <laughs> like I'm, oh God, this is heaven? <laughs> oh no, this looks worse than the house I live in. But <laughs> anyhow, so, so, so there's been a lot of unintentional abuse with some of these things. But when the Holy Spirit really does it, and, and you also don't force it on people, it, it's amazing. That's what's so great about these retreats, because he knows who's going to come. And they're not even the people I'm thinking. Um, I had a whole different idea for this retreat, and because I knew people I want to minister to and help, which is everybody, but that have some of the same issues. And so anyway, so this was just really different. I remember telling Karen, I don't know what we're going to do this retreat when I look at the different people who've come in and people have been here for years and things. So anyway, so it was really awesome. It was just so, it was so refreshing to see the women who came to actually experience God in a way that was intimate, in a way that was real, in a way that you could tell by the change on their countenance. And what he was doing, he was saying, I love you. I love you. Now, we didn't know what was coming for the rest of the weekend. You could not plan these things um, if you tried. It is so, and if you tried to repeat it exactly, it'd never happen again, you know? So, so here the Lord, look how he ministers. He comes in and first night, he's like, I'm just going to woo these ladies to fall in love with me. I'm just going to let them know how I see them. And so there was some uh, ministry to go along with that. Like, here's how he sees you. And, and it was really powerful. So maybe one Tuesday night we'll get to that because it was really powerful for everyone to see how he sees them. And I think the Lord even took, um, had many of them who just have such a, a wrong image in their head of who they are and how God sees them. And I was like, well, go back to the age when uh, the, the closest age without blemish and or wrinkles, if you're old, blemishes, you're young and wrinkles when you're old and just go to that place and then take off anything heavy, anything extra, anything that you're believing when you get to heaven is not going to be part of the package and see how God sees you. See yourself beautiful. See yourself beautiful and wonderfully made. And, um, and so everybody was kind of entering into that. It was pretty neat. And it also helped me to see people the way the Lord sees them. So anyway, so that went on. And then everybody was beginning to share. And that was a little iffy, you know, like to have a word. So one of the um, newest believers that was with us and, and a really young, young lady, she, um, she was able to say um, the word freedom. She just kept seeing freedom over everybody. And so, um, so we were, uh, so we said, okay, well, let, let's really go there. And then, so everybody else was saying a word or something. And then it got to Karen, who had some really great breakthrough. And nobody knows why or how. It's just a combination. And she was so talkative in a really good way in her own mannerisms. But just, I was like, Lord, what happened to Karen? It's like, she's just, she got out from, from completely out from the place where the enemy wanted her to be afraid to speak, to be afraid she'll be criticized. Just got free. It was really something. I was like, oh my goodness. I don't have to try to make, get her to talk. I don't have to, you know, carry the whole thing here. So it was really cool. So, but then God gives her a really difficult word. And um, because everybody just danced with the Lord, everything's kind of, and all Karen says, a word to the same person who said freedom, the young person, and said, God really wants to do some deliverance in your life. Like there's some really strong, and Karen says it really kind and nice. And, and I'm like going, God wants to do this. You know, <laughs> we're going to do this. So, 
anyway, so this one young lady who was really big in yoga and actually went to training, went to India, um, has all kinds of things about it, has a studio doing it, all that kind of thing. Um, so for 10 years of her life, she's really dedicated to that. So we're sitting there and I'm like, I know Karen and I are both thinking like, oh, this is going to take a while. Like this isn't like, thanks, Karen. You know, we're all dancing with God. Now we're looking at some major, major demonic stuff we're going to have to deal with. And, um, and then Karen's like, well, over the weekend, I said, well, I don't, and by the time the night got, the Lord's like, no, we're doing this tonight. So we're like, okay, well, we're going to do this tonight. And, um, the cool thing was, I didn't even know where to begin. I don't know much about yoga. I don't want to know much about yoga. I don't care about the demonic stuff. And, um, we have some videos and things from Bill Suddeth and different ones before he went to be with the Lord that we, we will show some of these things. We're talking about that and renouncing things. But I went in on, you know, and put it into uh, DuckDuckGo or whatever. I don't use Google, but DuckDuckGo. And the perfect article came up. I don't know how. It was a Christian article. It was real simple. It was only like three paragraphs, but it said, these are the names of what they take in. These are the false gods. And it was just really, so I read that and this person knew every single thing I was talking about. And you could see it was breaking through. And she shared early, she goes, you know, ever since I gave my life to the Lord recently, I've loved coming to the retreats. I love being around you. Come, I would drive, she doesn't live in the area. I drive all the way, you know, to Virginia to come to the meetings as much as I could. And this one was like, no, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. And um, she goes, it was so funny because she, last week when I said, she goes, well, no, you know, I feel, um, I think I have a little food. I said, it's, it's like 10 days away. You'll be fine by then. You know, just come. I, I said, I want you to go. I think you should go. And she just is like, so they said I had to go. I never told anybody they had to go, but um, I said, really, I might have. But anyway, because she needed to be there. Having no idea, because I knew she had some of these things. I just knew God's timing. So for all the religious people who have to legalistically try to make everybody get saved right now and get every devil out, get the ones out of you first. Okay? Because that turns people off. The young people, the minute they walk in and they might have tattoos and they might have whatever, and you start going at them, God says, you just put the bait on the hook. He catches them and he cleans them by his spirit. That's why he has a five-fold ministry and different people, have ministers, you're all ministers of reconciliation. You bring them into that place and then quit trying to do everything else. Yield Holy Spirit. God's a God who builds up before he tears down and then he builds up some more. So you can't just take somebody and just, and that's why so many young people have left the church. It's also why the young people are going to churches. But unfortunately, a lot of these churches where it's just young people and musicians and all, and I'm not saying all of them, there's no sanctification. They're not being holy. They're, they're, they're actually promoting demonic activities um, it, to be cool. And we we're talking about this. I don't want a cool God. I want a holy God. But I actually have a cool and holy God, but not a cool unholy God. So we have to make our cool be in line with his holy. There's nothing holy about tattoos. Nothing. You literally put a pierce in your skin, you put dye in your skin. And you open a portal for demonic activity. And then it 
becomes addictive for people and they get to where they're putting demonic things on, even as Christians. And I just watched some musician, everybody's all yay about, and I'm not judging them. And they just put a big wolf on them for their birthday and they're all over Facebook showing everybody with their kids thinking it's cool. And all the doors of, of fame is opening to them. We need to pray for these people. That person is anointed. We even used one of their songs that night. It was very anointed. We need to quit rolling our eyes and acting super spiritual and judging this stuff and realize I need to get free from legalistic things and realize God can anoint people while they're still in bondage. And he's going to be the one. And he's going to use them right in that place, probably more than he's using people who roll their eyes and people who won't yield to him working in their hearts. Legalism is really bad. Legalism, I know what it says. I do what it says. I know what it says. I do what it says. I know what it says. I do what it says. And sometimes you're doing what it says has nothing to do with God convicting you of sin and causing you to do what it says. So just add that in there. Because we have turned more people away with legalism. Legalism brings death, people. Legalism makes people who might want God not want God because he doesn't want your version of God. So I'm not talking about legalism. And, and God has to deal with me with that all the time. Like, don't, you know. But as they start to be anointed and as they're maturing and as they're beginning to get a sphere of influence, you need to see holiness coming into their life. You need to see, um, you know, why do you do what you do? So anyway, so we've known this girl. Her parents have prayed for her for years and we knew she was really into all these things. And there would have been a day in my immaturity and my legalistic little self, even though I was anointed, loved God, where I would have had to jump on that right away. And some people will receive that right away and, and then need to follow you and think you're their mom instead of recognize there's a Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, and I'm telling those who are watching, we would do a lot more to win our children to the Lord and our grandchildren if we hate legalism. We need to hate legalism really a whole lot because it's religion legalism is a religious demonic spirit it was so cool because so karen says that and see karen knows she's not trying to be legalistic karen knows she's not trying to push this her standard on this person and um that's why it was really cool for karen to say it and the person kind of received it and you could just tell you know you could tell there was a little bit of what's going on. But then they just start crying and said, I want to be free. I want to be free. Well, first they were really, well, we won't get into that, but anyhow, so I can't remember how we got. So when I started reading those things, then I could feel the presence of God really strongly. Oh my gosh. Thank you, God. I don't have to go study this. I don't know this. This person knows exactly what this spirit is. And there was like four major, big, big demons in it. And this person had gone through all the training, all the chanting, all that kind of stuff. Even when she said she knew it was kind of wrong, she didn't agree with it, but you kind of had to do it to get your cert certification, whatever. Well, all of that brought demons in. To be exact, I don't know it was just from that, but it was like 471 demons that came out. And um, <laughs> now it did take, we didn't call them all out by name. Some of them come out when, with groups, but you could feel the, the power of, of them coming out. So... Anyway, so we got into the deliverance, and, um, and, and so first we had her renounce everything, and so we went over the whole list of what it was in those three paragraphs, which was right there for me. That was so amazing. So she saw that one. She said what it was. She broke the power of it. All of them, she renounced it. Um, 
you know, no excuses, nothing in the way. That's why people get, get rid of excuses. We'll talk about that later. Then you can give free really quickly. And so, so it was pretty cool. So she was crying and everything and, and just really, um, this is like something she put 10 years into um, wanting to do and really everything trying to keep it going. It was like, it was like her dream that the enemy took her God dream and the enemy took it and put the demonic on it. So we got to quit acting like it's easy to put down something that you've put that much into and you've studied and you've exercised and you've done everything and you've got everything in order. And let me say this while we're getting rid of the um, religious spirit tonight, the best we can. The first thing the Lord did is deal with her and she got saved while she was still living with the guy. And then she would live with the guy, but okay, he's got to sleep out on the couch. And then over time, okay, I don't even like him in the house. Okay, he's not the one for me. Okay, instead of going in, yanking somebody out of a relationship and you now belong to God and it's all bondage and they don't know which way to go, can we trust God? Can we trust God? If you want to pray when somebody's in those situations, pray divine protection that Satan doesn't take them out in those positions. And if you mean it and believe it and you know it, it doesn't mean you ever excuse it. If they, they need to know where you stand, you know, if, if you're an authority in their life, if they're not, they, it's none of your business. They don't care what you think. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't care so much that you think people have to care what you think. But anyway, but you just watch this process. So God knew I got to get her out of this relationship first. I've got to deal with this sin area first. I've got to do this first. He's so amazing. Then we even watched him begin to give her other parts to her, um, the wellness center, whatever you want to call it, that she had her yoga center. That was more about um, good nutrition, all this kind of stuff. And she even invested in that. So you start and more finances were coming in from that. So see, God knows how to do this. I think that's the big thing we, we need everybody to see. God knows how to do this. He knows how to do this. Quit trying to do it. And close everybody down and make them dependent on you and, and make them try to be who you think they should be. And especially moms and dads, quit doing it so you feel better about you and your parenting. Love unconditionally. God did not give you children so you can feel better about you. And go find out why you need to. Anyway, that's more teaching. All this is on our mentorship page. You can go to beautyforashes.org and get a hold of all this and see what you need because people need all this. So anyway, so finally we got to the deliverance. So she renounced all those things. She, and, you know, you know who is, who, who's the Lord Jesus? Who is he? And she was able to say who he was. And so uh, Karen and I went. And we just laid hands like on her shoulder and you had a shoulder, I think. And uh, somewhere in there, the Lord had us grab our hands anyway. And as we were calling these things out, oh my gosh, it was real. Like these things were heavy duty. Her entire body was shaking and vibrating and, and all these sounds effects and all this kind of stuff. And we just kept calling them out in the name of Jesus by the blood. And we called out the main ones and you could just, it was a real, it, it tried to, make her feel she thought at one time she thought we had put our hands on her upper chest and was like put pressure we didn't touch we we just we had our hands on the shoulder real lightly and um and uh at one point I forgot why there was a reason we put our hands on her hands and um and anyway 
and she she later said, "You didn't, you didn't, y'all weren't holding me down." I said, "No, we did." But that demon, those demons, and there's one in that whole yoga thing. I never heard of it. It's, it's a snake demon, and it actually coils. They do enchantments and stuff to actually get it into their back, into their spine. Well, it'd be interesting to go find out down the road how many of those people died of some kind of back injury or some kind of, you know, how horrible. What, what, why didn't we put it there? He wants to be the backbone of your life. He wants to be the strength of your life. And so when we went to that after that one, that one was really wild. But anyway, um, it was still so peaceful. It was still such a presence of God. It wasn't a demonst. It wasn't, you know, she was so open to be free. It wasn't. You know, some, I've seen, I've seen a lot wilder, let's just say that. But anyway, so it took, I don't know, what was about 20 minutes to half hour? Anyway, maybe even longer, I don't know. So afterwards, there was just this peace, and it was really, but he was celebrating and excited about what God was doing. So we were all excited about that. And so during this time, somewhere in all that, not before all that, I looked over and I recognized a really strong demon in somebody. And it made them look old, and it made them look evil, and it was just... Really, it's strange. It's just a gift of discernment. I don't know that anybody else would have seen that. I'm not sure how all that works. But it, I literally see it changes people's features and faces. And I just some, it was just so like, ooh, okay. And I thought, and I didn't say anything. I said, oh, Lord, you know, we're not going, hope we're not going there tonight. And I really thought we weren't going to go there because this person, guys, been dealing with for a long time. They've had some breakthrough. And I just really didn't think we were going to do anything about that right then. I think we'll talk later. So, did I say something that night? No, the next morning, the next morning. So, or the next time at lunch, I think. Somewhere in there. Anyway, the whole thing's so funny because it's just so real. And so everybody goes to bed really celebrating that. I see this other thing. I know what it was. So the next morning, I knew there was things I had to do while I was at the house because this is a house that my husband and I have that we bless the ministry to use. And we don't charge the ministry anything. So I was putting these little cheer caps, whatever, on them. And I'm sitting there talking to everybody. And they're all sitting there. We're all just talking about things. And it was kind of cool. And Karen had gone without anything being planned and was ministering to someone else about some things, a couple, another different group. And it was really cool. It was just so laid back. And everybody's talking and sharing. And in that time, I kept hearing the same person that I saw with that spirit. And they kept saying little things that showed that if they just had money, you could just tell, well, if I just had the money, well, you know. And, and I know this person knows um, through teaching that, you know, and the Lord started putting it together. And he goes, well, there's spirit of Babel and there's Ishtar, which is a seductive spirit. It's all the perversion, all the sexual sin, all that kind of stuff. And then it goes all the way to Moloch, which has to do with abortion and killing babies to empower that whole thing. So anyway, so as I'm listening, now I'm starting thinking, hmm, I saw that spirit last night. And now we're talking about, um, I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing the connection. I get excited because God wants you free. Okay, God wants you free. And so many people are bound. In the church, there's so many bound people. God's going to set us free so we can walk in true apostolic authority and power for his glory and his glory alone. And so that the devil's so afraid of what God's about to do. And so anyway... So somewhere in that conversation, I said, you know, I saw something last night in you, and, and I feel like we're going to go after it um, sometime tonight or something. I can't remember wherever the conversation came in. And so we bound it so that, that per I had the person bind it so they wouldn't be tormented all day. But it, they did spend the day talking to different people about it and get some revelation. Anyway, so we went to dinner, had a great time. And then that evening, 
the Lord really helped that person to see. And I just want everybody to get this revelation, especially people who have any kind of victim mentality. Whatever you justify, the blood can't touch. So you can hear great teaching. You can come up for altar call. You can even fall down and shake all over. You can do whatever. But when you justify, what's justify mean? Let's just give an example. Let's say that you were really hurt as a child. And um, let's say you were, if you were molested uh, as, a, as a young person or whatever, maybe even worse than that. And then when you grow up, you're promiscuous and you're sleeping around or whatever you're doing. And let's say in that place, you, you got pregnant. But then, oh, you couldn't afford a baby then or somebody's not, so whatever. So you murder the baby. But you're saying to yourself, or the, let me say, the devil of justification is saying, well, it's really not your fault. If they would have just said they loved you and they'd pay for the baby, you wouldn't have done this. Well, it's not your fault. If you, know, if you hadn't been, if, do you see what I'm saying? A justifier tells you why it's not your fault. And it was kind of funny because the person told us all day long, I can't remember the exact wording of it, but it was like, um, oh, I don't want the person to have to talk out. Anyway, it was something like all day long, like, like um, you don't need to, you don't need to listen to this. You know, you're okay. And it was justifying why this person didn't need deliverance. And, and, and she saw that. And she goes, shut up in the name of Jesus. I want deliverance. And that was the beginning of her taking authority over the justifier. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? If I won't face the sin and I have something working inside of me telling me why well, it's not really your fault or you just didn't know or does everybody get this? Jesus said all have sinned. He already knows the devil's behind it and you gave into it. He already knows the devil had a plan to hurt you, to attack you. He already knows Satan's either using, trying to make you bitter and the love of money. God knows all that. It has nothing at all to do with um, why he, he, did, he didn't die because you were not going to sin. He died because everyone has sinned. And when you justify your sin, then you're saying, I don't need his blood. It wasn't my fault. I'm, you're not really taking responsibility. You're not taking the responsibility that I chose this. This is what I chose to do. See, all the stuff in the background is why, 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 why. That doesn't matter. That's you trying to feel better about you, which kind of shows you knew what was wrong. And so finally, this person had the light bulb. And so we're talking some first, and I noticed this person who had such a way of justifying everything just was fasting it, not giving into it. And God completely set them free. And other people, other people heard the ministry. And um, I can't even remember all that happened. But, and it did, it, this one did not take any, there were no manifestations. There were no, why? Because that person had already renounced those things, hated those things, heard the truth to set them free. They just never realized that that justifier was still there. That justifier was still there. Now, you might have a justifier in, and I've been teaching this for 20-some years. You may have a justifier in just one area about one sin. That one area will keep you going to condemnation. What's condemnation? Satan's still your judge. Satan's the one who gave you the false lawyer 
He gave you the wrong advocate who says it's not your fault. You don't need to repent. You don't need to ask anybody to forgive you. You don't need to do any of that. It's not your fault. Therefore, why would you repent? Now, you don't repent if someone really raped you. They need to repent. You have to forgive. But if you then go and have sex and you're not married, you need to repent. Or if you marry somebody for the wrong reason and you divorce them, you need to repent. Do you see what I'm saying? It doesn't matter how you got to the messed up place you might be at. He's not asking you to repent for their sins. He's asking you to forgive them, which will help your prayers have power for them to have a revelation of Jesus Christ and repent. It'll also get you from being in charge of being their judge and being their condemner so that you can't be forgiven. Does everybody get what I'm saying? And so you, it makes sense, doesn't it? If you justified it, even if it's just quite in your own head and you haven't told anybody, the blood can't touch it. If the blood of Jesus can't touch it, it's still there. It's still tormenting you. It's still affecting your health. It's still affecting your relationships. It's still affecting everything about your life. And many times when people were hurt or wounded or molested or whatever happened, alcoholic parents, whatever happened, they always hear the enemy blaming that. So they never need a savior. And let's be real. You don't know what you would have done if you had the perfect little life. You don't even know what you would have done if you had godly parents led by the Holy Spirit. Everything you do, that you still wouldn't have made some choices to watch things you shouldn't watch or do things. And some people, and who knows if they didn't know how to break generational curses. Does everybody here, we know here, but those who are watching, you, there's so much involved. So it's ridiculous to think you don't need the blood of Christ to touch every single area that you've sinned. And when you see it and you hate it, you won't run back to it. And that's why the enemy gets to come back with seven friends and say, let's see if the justifier is still there. Let's see if this people, if this person now wants to still play these games. And then he's going to tempt you and find out if the door's open for him to come in. Now, let me say, if you've fallen into any of this and you wonder, then what do you do? You repent, ask God to forgive you, get rid of the justifier, and start clean right then. His mercies are new every morning. How good is God? How faithful is he? How amazing is he? He's amazing. He's really amazing. And so, Father, we just pray for those who are watching. Lord, somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to find that freedom. Somebody needs to destroy that justifier in their life by telling it to shut up in the name of Jesus and not agree with it anymore and tell it to go and ask the blood of Jesus to cover that sin. So Lord, anyone here, anyone hearing me who knows there's a sin that they still dream about, think about, tries to talk to them, tries to get them back to it, whatever it is that tonight they'll say there's no justification Jesus Christ, you died because I chose to walk in that sin. You died because I am responsible for taking on that sin and rebelling against you. 
And I ask you with all my heart to forgive me. I repent. I turn from it. I hate it. I hate that I did that, God. I hate that I yield it to the enemy. And I, Lord, I forgive everybody in my life who the enemy ever used, every generational curse broken, everything, God, to set me up to say yes to sin. And I need a Savior in every area of my life. So Jesus, I want that area to belong to you. I want that area to belong to you. I want all that you have for me. Heal me. Deliver me. Set me free. In the mighty and powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.